Welcome to the Conscious Sexuality Summit. I'm your host, Mariah Freya, and I'm super glad you're tuning in today because I am stoked to introduce you to my wonderful guest today, to whom I have great admiration for. I'm very honored to have him on the summit. He's an educated electrical engineer, and at the age of 16, he started his spiritual studies And in 1998, uh, he took full sannyasin vows of uh, at the Kumbha Mela in India. So he founded later on today's largest yoga school in Denmark and is also now based in Thailand, where he built Agama, a yoga university for really strong, amazing spiritual growth. He passionately teaches an authentic and ancient system of the Indian and Tibetan yoga. And personally, he kickstarted my spiritual journey, and I'm very grateful for that. And I know that he really kickstarted many thousands of other individuals. His name is Swami Vivekananda. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. You sound uh, a bit excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to have you. It's uh, really an honor for me and to, that you'll be hosting uh, and, you know, part of this um, summit. So it's going to be a really beautiful uh, interview and I'm so glad you With me, um, Swami, at Agama, you offer a wide range of authentic and spiritual teachings, as well as tantra retreats and trainings for individuals who want to maybe explore the tantric system for their spiritual evolution, right? So that's why I invited you to talk with me about sex as a means to spiritual evolution. So... When we look at sex... It's a very timely discussion because modern times require it a lot. I've encountered several gurus in my life who are of the opinion that Tantra becomes more and more significant in these uh, late modern times. Mm. Yeah, and, and when we look at, at sexuality, I mean, it's, it's somehow everywhere. And when we look at Tantra, it is promising that sexuality is a tool for our spiritual evolution. But why isn't everyone enlightened yet? Why is it not happening for the people? Why is it so hard for people to, you know, transform through their sex? Uh, because it is not sex which is a tool for spiritual enlightenment or development. It is conscious sex. It is... Uh, uh, manipulated sex, if you want to use a strong word, which is that tool. Normal sex, the spontaneous sex, the we can call it animal sex without any um, diminishing of it, is not a tool for spiritual development. Sex has to be done, has to be performed, if you want, in a certain way so that it is a spiritual method. Um, sex can become a spiritual method if it is done right. Mm -hmm. It is exactly like the venom of the bee. As long as it is just venom of the bee, uh, it's just that from nature, but it can be turned into medication, it can be turned into medicine. So uh, it is the gift of the human being that the human being having deliberate reason and consciousness can actually turn the sex 
into more than what it was planned to be. In the case of the animal, the sex is just procreation. The sex is just reproduction. In the case of the human being, it becomes way, way more. And simple statistics, simple studies about the biology, the physiology of sexuality show that we are eminently different from animals in the way we do sex, in the way we understand sex, in the way in which sex reflects in our life. So let's make it clear, it's a, it's a detail of language. It's not sex which is a tool for enlightenment, it is special sex, sex mm -hmm. which is adjusted, sex which is consciously modified so that it can serve as a method for that. Then, yes, it becomes a powerful method of spiritual transformation. So when we are just seeking the pleasure and the lust and, you know, the, the animalistic side of things, this won't lead us anywhere compared to um, what you just said, like sex in, in, as, as, in, with something, yeah, manipulated or as conscious sex. Um, you are so perfectly right, because these are the two pitfalls Not necessarily pitfalls in the meaning of a moral decadence, on the contrary, but the two pitfalls in the meaning that we are looking in a different direction. Either we choose sex for procreation and reproduction, or we choose sex simply for fun, for uh, seeking just the pleasure of it. But there is a third option, that right. we use sex as a method of self-improvement, as a method of self-knowledge, as a method of exploring ourselves and the partner and the reality mm -hmm. in which we live. So sex has to be done uh, exactly in this deliberate way. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this third aspect of sex, uh, conscious sex or manipulated sex, wh um, why does this hold such an incredible power, such a potential for an individual and, and yeah, for a spiritual growth? Our uh, Western psychologists, and I'm talking here about Freud, Jung, and the whole lineage of those, uh, they have codified it under the name, under the Latin name, libido. This name uh, has its equivalences in uh, the Sanskrit lore. Either we are talking about ojas as the basic energy of the human being, or we are talking about kundalini as the fundamental energy of the of evolution, of transformation. And um, sex has this powerful potential precisely because it starts at the root of things. Like a change produced at the root has huge effects further up the stem of the tree. A little deviation in the stem, in the stalk of a plant, will lead it much, much away from the original uh, direction. Um, Western experts in Tantra have said that uh, sex is like a magic click, that you just click a button and then major transformations can occur. That's why people can't even see it clearly before they try it out practically, because a small change in sexuality can produce a huge change in the attitude towards life 
in the consciousness, in the awareness, in the attitude that we have, in our minds, everything can change if something in the sexuality changes. So sex has such a power, your question is uh, part of it uh, metaphysical, and I'm trying to keep it down and simple. Sex is so powerful simply because it represents a basic energy of the human being and of the universe. Metaphysically, the universe can be described by numbers. And the highest number, the first number in the series is one. And one cannot be explained with the mind because the mind does not understand oneness. And after one, there comes two. And two is the place where the universe divides into yin and yang, and the, where the universe becomes what the Hindus say, Shiva and Shakti. And when the universe becomes two, the plus and the minus from electricity, or Shiva and Shakti from mythology, then the universe starts playing the, day, the game of the union between yang and yin, between Shiva and and Shakti. So that's why the most fundamental thing which happens in the universe, in the brain, in the human being, is the union of the opposites of the yang and of the yin. Mm -hmm. And that's why sex represents actually the most fundamental energy of the universe and of the human being. Even in an atom, we can say that the kernel which is plus and the electrons which are minus they are Shiva and Shakti. They make love. There is sex in a simple atom. Mm. That's why we can't go more basic than this. Touching yeah. the sexual energy is touching the most basic trigger which exists in the human being. Changing sex can change our lives and can change all the energies that we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when I started um, joining one of Agama's programs, it was the workshop, uh, the tantric workshop in, in Rishikesh. And uh, so I, I really had that desire of going into my uh, sexuality. And I mean, I ended up, uh, you know, studying with you for over three years, uh, spirituality. And I think it's, it's such an interesting aspect that people you know, come from this very basic uh, interest of sexuality and maybe just good orgasms. And, you know, uh, you provide a system where people really get curious about the deeper search and the, the spiritual search. And and that is uh, very interesting to me. Um, so so when when you see students coming to you from that sexual urge, like what what is your number one practice that Uh, you provide and what you offer to students and yeah to transform their sex lives and to really make it an, a more enlightenment practice um, I think first the human being needs to have the opportunity to explore uh, in India they say that first you get guided by the tradition like what has been written the, the historical sources then you get guided by the opinion of your guru or of your teacher And then the third thing, which is the foundation, is your experience. So when people had their own experience, then they can draw conclusions, then they can see what it really is. I think uh, it's very important for people to understand what conscious sex is about and how deep this rabbit hole goes. It's very important for them to have the opportunity to taste what 
conscious sex and sex with sublimation really does to the human being. Um, we recommend to people, and it's something which I would recommend to your people, I would recommend to, first of all, prolong the sexual union. That simply says normal statistics show that a regular sexual union lasts somewhere around six, seven minutes. That's the average in Europe and in North America. When sex is averagely lasting six, seven minutes, that honestly, even if you have made a good foreplay to it, doesn't really give even the opportunity to get started. Right. <laughs> and therefore, um, people, first of all, have to stay in that space. When a man and a woman make love and those five, ten minutes are passing, something is building up. And most people don't resist that pressure and they immediately explode when that pressure is building up. It's exactly like somebody who is not used to having money and then when they get a little bit of money, they immediately spend it on something which uh, triggers their fantasy, something which they have been awaiting for long. But one has to become used to the fact to stay in that state. Staying in that state is like an altered state of consciousness. In the moment when you make love more than five, ten minutes, and you have to hold it back, and hold it back, and hold it back, and postpone, and postpone, and postpone, the human being is like getting drunk. Literally, the brain produces very, very important chemicals, and those chemicals are putting the human being in a state of trance, in a state of which is similar to drunkenness. We would call it the drunkenness of sex. <laughs> Most people love this drunkenness of sex, but they cannot tolerate it for more than two, three minutes. And then they explode, then they lose completely control. Tantra, is, which is called riding the tiger in Bengal, and in some Tibetan circles is called walking on the razor's edge, is exactly this skillfulness to go into that state of consciousness and first of all learn to stay there for a long time. Like what would happen if people would be in this condition of pre-orgasmic sex, not for two minutes, but for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes. These changes would multiply and multiply and they would tumble down that rabbit hole much, much further. And then things would start opening up in their heart, in their mind, and transformations, transformation will become possible. That's why the first practice which needs to be done is prolong your sexuality. Hold back. I'm not going to make now a savant course about how to hold back. Mm -hmm. Everybody who is minimally experienced into sexual activity will discover ways of controlling oneself, of holding back, of postponing. And when postponing, take as a target. You know, the first thing for the beginner who doesn't know much about chakras, kundalini, sublimation of energy, and other things 
is at least this step. I will not lose the momentum. I will not lose the energy for, let's say, minimum 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Some people who have a huge sexual vitality might say even 60 minutes or more. And I will stay in that space and I will explore there what is happening to my psyche, what is happening to my emotions, what's happening to my feeling of love and attraction for the other person, what's happening to my perception of reality, how much do I connect to the world, how much do I connect to God, if you are a religious person, how much do I connect to the universe, to life, like use that altered state of consciousness which results from love and sex, use it as a springboard for seeing yourself, for seeing the other, for understanding the relationship between you and for seeing reality, for seeing life, for seeing the universe. That's why my first recipe, which we give in the workshop, as you probably remember, is uh, this prolong the lovemaking. Learn the art of not just exploding without a control, just being carried out by some physiological forces in your body, but learn to postpone, learn to last for a long time, and then a lot of things can happen in that time. Mm -hmm. Using this as a platform, I need to say this, mm -hmm. using this as a platform, of course, then there are additional things, like in that state, what's happening when somebody starts praying, meditating, using a mantra, concentrating the attention on a chakra, and other such things, which are exactly the speciality of different schools, of different teachers. But always the foundation, the platform, is this, that the platform is that nothing can be done without first prolonging the lovemaking and going into that altered state of consciousness which results. Do you recommend that, um, because, you know, when, when we start on this journey of conscious sexuality, that there is like a certain intention that we put into the lovemaking. So, you know, that that actually leads to to more altered state. So because when we are just building up that energy, right, like we might just have, or at least a man might just have those blue balls in the end. So <laughs> like, uh, how to transform are, that? These are specific obstacles for mm -hmm. beginners. Mm -hmm. And if you are talking about putting a purpose, setting a purpose in the lovemaking, in uh, prolonging itself, in lasting for long mm -hmm. and exploring what results from it, uh, that is excellent for the beginners. And uh, anybody who will come to an experienced Tantra teacher will receive uh, practical solutions for blue balls and other minor inconveniences like this, which, of course, everybody has encountered in Tantra. There exists a second level which is deeper, which was implied in your question, in which Tantric men and Tantric women, when they become experienced, they are setting purposes which are further, more advanced. Like it is possible to program the whole lovemaking as a identification with the cosmic power, as a magic act 
which is supposed to bring up healing or some other benefit. So there are, of course, deeper applications of Tantra, but those are not for the people who are seeking timidly the the shy beginnings of it. Mm -hmm. For the shy beginnings, this is the setting. This is the goal that you are setting. The goal is that I want to give myself 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, or even more, in which I'm not preoccupied by the animalistic development of the sexual act. I'm preoccupied by staying in that space and exploring that space, especially if I have some instruments. Like the simple thing would be focusing on the third eye. I focus four centimeters in front of the middle of my forehead in the space here because here there is an energy center. So I'm bringing my sexual energy. If I don't know anything else to do and I start getting bored, like 30 minutes are passing and I don't really know what to do in that space. Okay, then I bring the energy here in the third eye, wave after wave after wave with the pleasure and everything and focusing and then let's see what results from that. Mm -hmm. So. That's, of course, one needs to take a decision before the lovemaking that I will follow an experiment. Today, making love becomes a spiritual experiment, a spiritual practice. Yeah, I think it's, it's very beautiful that you uh, suggest this simple but very magical um, yeah, practice because it's, it creates that space for more, that time and that space for more. And I think that's, that's really powerful in your teachings that you, you just go so gradually and step by step, uh, you know, that it's, it's really uh, not about jumping somewhere, but like really taking that time as a beginner and then take it from there. Thank you so much, Swami, for sharing your wisdom with us. I'm really honored. This is such an amazing teachings that you offer to the world. And uh, I can highly recommend everyone to check out agamayoga.com and, and their school and their teachings. And, and they have really beautiful, uh, deep um, spiritual teachings from a, a really wide range of traditions. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to, uh, that I have been part of of some of your t teachings and yeah thanks everyone for listening in and um, i'm very joyful to have uh, met you this way mm. and that after not seeing you for a while to see how you grow up how you <laughs> develop how thank you evolve you, <laughs> it's, uh, it's always a joy Thank you, Swami. So everyone is interested in Swami's teaching and Agama teachings, make sure to sign up below this video for a free lecture of Swami that will boost your spiritual journey and will give you more insights on Agama's teaching. And this was the Conscious Sexuality Summit with Mariah Freya as your host. See you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Swami. You. <laughs>